back to Pop Culture Footnotes, the podcast that fills you in on everything you need to know about pop culture touchstones so you can participate in conversations about them. I'm Courtney. I'm Shannon. I'm Tana. And today we are going to be discussing A Christmas Carol. This is our episode right before Christmas. So yeah. Merry we're, Christmas. Merry happy Christmas. Holidays. Happy holidays. And oh, also, yeah. you're welcome. I was pushing for a horror Christmas. <laughs> so... <laughs> Next year. Next year, next year absolutely. <laughs> Black okay. Christmas. Wait, I, mm, I'm interested to see what would be on that list to watch. <laughs> I've got a list. Krampus. Oh, yes. 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 Multiple Krampus films. Yes, we, we'll talk. We'll see you in 12 months. Yeah, I guess I'm looking forward to But yeah, so today we are talking about A Christmas Carol, which is a classic. Um, the original is by Charles Dickens. Um, I'm curious, what are, what are you guys' first exposures to A Christmas Carol? We're going to talk about this later, but mine's definitely Muppet Christmas Carol. Yeah, great. Um, my family watches it every year, and um, again, skipping ahead a little bit, but like, <laughs> the reason I know this is my first exposure is because, so in the Muppet version, Marley is two characters. It's mm-hmm. Jacob and Robert Marley, because it's played by those Muppets that the are hecklers. in the yeah. the hecklers. And so I grew up thinking there were two Marleys, and when I would see other ones, I'm like, but what happened to Robert Marley? Why is there only one Marley? So that had to be the first one. What about you, Tana? Uh, I think mine was actually the Patrick Stewart version. Really? Uh-huh, yeah. Like, it was never, like, a formative part of like our Christmas experience. So mm-hmm. I just like saw some on TV. I think Muppets was shortly thereafter, but my first one was the Patrick Stewart version. Interesting. Mine was the Mickey Mouse version, actually. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which if you if you know who Scrooge McDuck is, he yeah. originated from that their adaptation of Christmas Carol. Oh, that's um, awesome. But yeah, it was it was the the Disney version where Mickey Mouse is Bob Cratchit and mm-hmm. they have lots of little mini Mickeys who are his kids, <laughs> including Tiny Tim. And uh, the ending of that's kind of scary. Yeah, Pete, remembering. Yeah, Pete ends up being the ghost of Christmas future, and he shoves Scrooge oh, into yeah. the grave, like and there's the like fire coming out of it. Yeah, it was a little yes. scary. Um, I I, I would like always that. fast forward that part. <laughs> but yeah, um, that was my first exposure to Christmas Carol, and then shortly after that, it was the George C. Scott one became the staple for us. But yeah. Cool. So we're going to get into plot. So if you don't know the story of A Christmas Carol, like I said, it's a book by Charles Dickens. Um, So it starts out with, uh, you know, first of all, you have to know that Jacob Marley was dead as a doornail. And um, so it's this mean-spirited old miser named Ebenezer Scrooge. He runs a counting house in London. And um, we see his downtrodden employee, Bob Cratchit, who... Um, you know, wants to put a, another piece of coal on the fire because it's cold in the office and Ebenezer Scrooge is like, coal is expensive and it costs money and, you know, <laughs> you can't do that. And, you know, poor poor Bob is just like, okay, yes, sir, sure, whatever you say. Um, Ebenezer Scrooge has a nephew, Fred, who comes into the office and invites him to Christmas dinner with him and his wife. And uh, Scrooge famously says, bah humbug. <laughs> and um, they have this whole conversation in which Fred is like, Christmas a humbug, like, are you kidding me? And he's just like, I don't see any need for, you know, spending money on Christmas and on frivolity. And he's just a real crank. Um, then, uh, <laughs> then two gentlemen come in after Fred leave and they're asking for charitable donations to help the poor. And Scrooge says, um, you know, well, are there no prisons? Are there no workhouses? 
And they're like, well, yeah, they're, they're there and they're functioning, but they're horrible places. Like we wish we could say they weren't. And (laughs) Scrooge says, well, if the poor are really in that, you know, that big of need, then they should go there. My taxes support Mm -hmm. those institutions. And I don't feel that I am obligated to, you know, (laughs) give you more money. Um, but most would rather die than they ought to do it and decrease the surplus population. Yes, that's Sorry, that line's so good. Yeah, well, you know, good. It's iconic, well, certainly. Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, the and then before Scrooge leaves the office, Bob Cratchit asks for the next day off, which is Christmas Day. Scrooge bitterly and mean-heartedly tells him that, I guess you can have the whole day. It's, you know, it's not right that I should have to pay you for a whole day's worth of work and not get any work from you, but I guess. So, um, so Bob leaves and he meets his son, Tim, and they go home. Um, Tim is a cripple, by the way, which Scrooge does not know because he has never taken the time to talk to his employees. Um, so then Scrooge goes home to his house, um, which is very scantily furnished. He has a really simple meal. He's like, he's clearly alone in the world um while he or as he comes up to the door his the door knocker transforms into the face of his dead partner jacob marley and he's a little spooked by this but dismisses it he goes into his room he's eating and um he thinks he sees marley's face and like this picture freeze around his mantle fireplace and um he dismisses it you know he just goes ah humbug Mm -hmm. and then um but then Marley does, in fact, appear. Scrooge has all these locks on this door, and the locks all come off. And um, this ghost of Jacob Marley comes into the room. Jacob Marley is, um, he's got the tie around his chin, mm-hmm. um, which mm-hmm. I believe that back in the day, they used to tie up dead people's chins that way. Otherwise, like, the jaw would, would fall off. Yeah. So disgusting. <laughs> yeah. Um, so he's got this tire and he unties it and his jaw, you know, drops and it's really very disturbing. Um, but so Scrooge asks him to sit down. He sits down and he notices that Marley is covered in chains and shackles and he has all these weights on the chain. And, um, so he asks him about this and Jacob Marley explains, I for these are the chains I forged in life. And he explains that mankind is was his business and he neglected it and forged these chains for himself and now he's doomed to wander the earth witnessing all of the joy and the things that he could have shared but didn't um and he says that he's there for scrooge's welfare that scrooge has been forging similar chains for himself that he can't see that um and he says your chains were just as long as mine seven christmases ago when he passed away um and you've labored on it since And so he says, I'm here for your welfare. And he tells him he's going to be haunted by three ghosts. um, And he tells them to expect them on the hour, every hour after midnight. Um, Scrooge doesn't really believe him. Um, And then, uh, so Marley then, he opens the window and he leaves via the window. And Scrooge is able to look out and see all of these spirits just wailing and forlorn, like wandering the world in the cold. Um, and he's really spooked by this. He shuts the window. He goes to bed. He doesn't uh, really believe that he's going to be, in fact, haunted by three spirits. So one o'clock rolls around. He's just like, oh, Marley, mistaken in death as you were in life, my old friend. And then sure enough, ghost appears. And it turns out to be the ghost of Christmas past who is carrying a cap. Um, and the ghost of Christmas past takes him to various scenes from his past, namely his childhood in which 
we find out that he was kind of neglected as a child. His mother died in childbirth and his father blamed him and didn't want any part of him. Um, so he was shipped off to boarding school and he never saw his family. We also find out he had, he had a sister, Fran, who was very kind-hearted and persuaded her father to bring him home, only for father to then ship him off to be apprenticed to Mr. Fezziwig. Um, we see some glimpses into what that was like. Fezziwig was a very jolly, like friendly guy, and mm-hmm. he threw big Christmas parties for his employees every year, um, where he met a girl, Belle, um, who he falls in love with. Mm-hmm. And we find out, um, so he's at this party at Fezziwig's, and he you know, meets Belle, and they fall in love. And then we jump to a scene several years later in which he has started his uh, money-counting house his accountancy I don't know what to call that um, his business and he's obsessed with making money so that he can marry Belle because he doesn't want to live a life of poverty um, and Belle basically confronts him and says you've become obsessed by this idea another idol has displaced me um, and says like if you were given the choice now you know if you had not been engaged to me already would you actually seek me out now since I'm poor and I'm a nobody and he doesn't know what to say to that because he knows it's true. He wouldn't. And um, so she releases him from the engagement and he doesn't go after her. And it, we basically learn this is a regret that he's had his whole life. Um, and then they return back to his bed and he tells the ghost of Christmas present or ghost of Christmas past, I can't do this anymore. And he puts the cap over her mm-hmm. head and um, basically drowns the light that she emits, which is supposed to be the light of truth. Um, he doesn't want to confront that, so he puts the cap on. One um, thing I didn't realize in listening to it this time, though, is I had forgotten that they show Belle mm-hmm. as she is now. Like, she got oh, yeah. married. Yeah, so yeah. she has a family. And, which is, there are versions of this where they try to make Scrooge end up with Belle at the mm-hmm. end somehow mm-hmm. after all this time. And it's like, yeah. that's, that's not <laughs> how that goes down <laughs> that here. Boat is, she, that ship has sailed. Yeah, yeah, she married someone else. Yep, for sure. Um, and she like pities him as well, yeah. which is interesting. Um, so he wakes back, wakes up back in his bed and he tries to just dismiss the whole thing as just a bad dream. And then, um, the ghost of Christmas present calls him into the next room and he's this majestic giant in like green fur. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I think too. Yeah. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Um, so, and he's got like all this food around him and, um, I kind of liked what Dickens did with the ghost of Christmas present because he's like, have you not known any of my brothers who preceded me? And he goes, oh, do you have many brothers? And he goes, over 1,800. <laughs> Obviously, since Christ, there have been about 1,800 Christmases. Um, so, yeah. Um, so then the Ghost of Christmas Present takes Scrooge around London on Christmas Day, which is supposedly the next morning. Um, they see various scenes. So he takes him to um, the house of Bob Cratchit, and Scrooge realizes he has a crippled son, Tiny Tim. And he has a large family. Um, his oldest daughter, Martha, is having to work in the workhouses trying to make ends meet. Um, they have a tiny little goose that they have for their Christmas dinner, but they feel so grateful for it. And, like, they're, they're this really sweet family. Like, they're, they're not well off. They're relatively poor. But they find joy and they're grateful for the things that they have. And it's very sweet. Um, and, uh, and Scrooge asks the ghost of Christmas present... He sees Tim, and he's starting to feel moved by this family, and he asks, like, tell me, will he live? And the Ghost of Christmas Present says, I see an empty place at the table, a crutch lovingly preserved, like, if things do not change, he will die. 
and Scrooge doesn't really know what to make of that at that point. Um, so then the ghost of Christmas present takes him to the house of Fred, his nephew, and they see um, him and his wife kind of making merry and kind of actually talking t- talking about him behind his back. And um, I was actually joking with Andrew about it last night. I was like, the ghost of Christmas present took him here so he could hear all these sweet burns. <laughs> um, they kind of talk about how he's so stingy and miserly, and Fred says, but my mother loved him, so I'm going to keep inviting him whether he likes it or not. Fred's such a good guy. Um, they play, like, some party games, and Scrooge is like, oh, it's been so long since I've played party games. And so, anyway. Well, then um, the ghost of Christmas present takes him around... And, Sorry, this was in the Patrick Stewart version. I believe it's also in the book, since you listened to it recently. You can correct me if I'm wrong. But he Mm -hmm. takes him to other places around the world where people are celebrating Christmas. And the Ghost of Christmas Present is there in all of them. Um, And then that happens in the book, right? That, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, and then uh, he also takes him to... um, And you can correct me if this is not in the book. He takes him to this place where there are all of these poor homeless people. And we see a family where the the father's trying to make ends meet. He's trying to provide food for his children, but he doesn't have a job. He wants to work, but he can't. Um, There's no work. And he's like, you know, tomorrow we'll just go to the parish poorhouse. And the mother's like, no, I'd rather die. I'd rather all of us die than we go there. Like... Um, it's a horrible place where we're going to be separated forever and that's not an option. And so Scrooge gets some insight into the, the workhouses and the prisons that he was advocating for earlier and realizes that's not a humane option. Um, as the day has been going on, Christmas, the the ghost of Christmas present has been getting older. Um, and then at the end of his time with Scrooge, he says, look here under my robe. And he opens his robe and there are two children underneath, um, and he says their names are ignorant, ignorance and want. And he says, beware them, you know, on their brow is the, the word doom. And he basically says, like, you know, if you ignore them and pretend that these don't exist, then it will be the downfall of mankind, essentially. Um, he vanishes and Scrooge is left alone and he's just like, hey, what the heck? And the ghost of Christmas present appears, or sorry, Christmas yet to come, um, who is extremely scary. In like every version that I've ever watched. (laughs) Um, It's this hooded figure that does not speak and just points. And in the George C. Scott version that I always watch, it's like this like... (laughs) It's like this super creepy, high-pitched like... Oh, it's so creepy. It's like nails on the chalkboard sound that the Ghost of Christmas Future makes. Um, But anyway, so the Ghost of Christmas Yet to Come start showing Scrooge scenes from the future. So he sees men at a count, like the, the stock exchange, men that he knows, all talking about somebody who has died and how like, oh yeah, the, the only thing I care about is who gets his money and, are, you know, is there going to be a funeral? I'll, I'll only go if there's a lunch, right? And these people obviously like are, yeah, they do not care about this person. Um, he also sees some like vagabonds trying to sell goods for cash from this same person who has died. And they talked about how unnatural he was in life and how, you know, maybe if he had, he's not going to use these things, but maybe if he'd wanted them to stay where they were, he would have been kinder in life. And, um, and he asks, he asks for, um, he asked the ghost of Christmas future to show him some kind of, um, emotion around this man's death. And he, the ghost of Christmas future shows him this, uh, couple and, they're basically the man shares that like 
we had this debt and there was no way he was ever going to forgive it. And then, but we found out he died and that's going to give us enough time to get this money together so we can pay off this debt and avoid prison. And, um, he's like, that's not what I had in mind. Um, the ghost of Christmas future takes him to a bed in a dark room and, um, it, the body of this man is on the bed with the face covered and the ghost signals to him that he wants him to remove the sheet so he can see the face and he refuses. He just goes, I can't, I can't do it. Just no. Um, he also takes, the ghost also takes him to, um, Bob Cratchit's house where he learns that Tiny Tim has indeed died and it's so sad. And, um, yeah, and then in the end, the ghost takes him to a graveyard and makes him clear away snow from an, a gravestone and he sees his own name and he says, why show me these things if there's no way that I can change it? Like... Theoretically, you know, man's actions determine the future, and if man's actions change, then the future will also change. And he is just like, he's basically begging the spirit, like, you know, is there anything, you know, that I can do? And he goes, I will keep Christmas in my heart. I will not shut out the lessons that I've learned tonight. And then he is, he finds himself back in his bed. It's morning. Um, he leans his head out the window and asks the passing boy, you know, what day is it? And the boy says, it's Christmas Day. <laughs> um, he has the boy go and buy this huge goose from a neighboring poulterer and then tells the poulterer to take it to Bob Cratchit's house. And it's anonymous. He doesn't want to be um, credited. Um, and then he goes to Fred's home and basically asks forgiveness and says, if it's all right with you, I'd like to still, you know, have Christmas with you. And they're like, of course, we're so happy to have you. Um, and then the next day, Bob Cratchit comes into the office. He's a little bit late because he was partying on Christmas. Um, and Scrooge pretends to be angry with him. And then it turns out he's like, I'm going to raise your salary and we're, you know, we're going to talk about your, your situation and we're going to make things right for Tim and everything is going to be so much better now. And he, it says that he's as good as his word. He becomes like a second father for Tiny Tim and Tiny Tim who did not die. (laughs) Yes. Um, but yeah, so that is Christmas Carol. Yay. So, yeah, so we've all kind of watched different versions in preparation for this and have obviously grown up watching different versions. We're just going to talk about some of our favorites. So, Shannon, you wanted to kick us off? Yeah, I do. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So the one that we watch every single year is Muppet Muppet Christmas Carol, and it's like not the season until we have watched it. (laughs) Um, I, I mean, so slight like behind the scenes spoiler, like we're recording this early, and I am very against listening or watching like Christmas things ahead of time because I feel like until Thanksgiving has passed I'm not doing it um, but I turned on the music for this and it warmed my little like stone cold heart <laughs> because something about like this movie is just so touching um, yeah what to say about it so um, Scrooge is played by Michael Caine um, there are a couple of humans in it but most of the characters are played by Muppets um, Kermit the Frog is Bob Cratchit, and he's married to Miss Piggy, and their kids are all little frogs and pigs. Um, yeah, I, and like I said, Marley is uh, represented by the hecklers, so there are two of them. Um, the best part about this is I, there's just like songs throughout <laughs> that I really enjoy. Um, so, especially you've got, like, we're Marley and Marley, whoa. <laughs> it has, like, these little, like, the chains kind of move and sing, and it's great. Um, 
what else? I think it stays pretty true to the story. I was trying to think of things that are different. Um, I mean, Fanny isn't at the beginning of it. Like, they just kind of cut her out of the whole story for mm-hmm. some reason. Um, trying to think of... You do get, like, insight into him at school and stuff, right? Yeah. Like, him growing up he as, like, kind a of like lonely. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, so that's sad. Uh, they do have the part with Belle, and that's so... In the original theatrical version of this movie... There was a song, right? So there wasn't a song, oh. and then it was the uh, like videotape version that added the song into it. Oh. So when I bought this version, I had to get both the widescreen and the full screen because the full screen's the only one with the song and that's my favorite oh, part of this entire movie. She sings okay. a sad song like When Love Is Gone and and she leaves them and Michael King cries and it makes me cry. He like sings a song with her. Why do the Muppets do that? Can like just like take a second because they, they did it in the most recent Muppet movie as well. They're frogs. Like what is so touching? It's so funny <laughs> because I was just thinking this at the Muppets how there's something so quaint about them and so human like I, I listen to Rainbow Connection and I will start oh, yeah. bawling yeah. <laughs> so I don't know what it is about the Muppets that's like so sincere and lovely also I think it's the sincerity yeah oh the sincerity sorry but like in the yeah. most recent Muppet movie there's like a whole expositional song that explains why the villain is after them it's because like yeah. he oh. never learned how to laugh and so the Muppets would come on and all the kids would laugh and he couldn't laugh and they made fun of him for it. So that's yeah. why he hates the Muppets. Yeah. That's that's all cut in this expositional song. Okay, and I don't understand. That. That's really strange. Yeah. Sorry, back to Christmas Carol and Sincerity and the Wonderfulness <laughs> of the Muppets. Yeah, no, I was I was just gonna say that I think that sincerity is something that we lack a lot in Hollywood now. Like, for instance, Doctor Strange, we re we rewatched that this last week. And uh-huh. um there's a part where like he's crying and it's this really sincere, tender moment, and then the the like red cape comes and like wipes away his tear and he goes ah stop it and I'm just like can we not just have like a sincere moment <laughs> so, like in Spider-Man where like Happy's trying to say something about like Tony like did something for me and then there's a kid in the bathroom who flushes and like and it interrupts the whole thing it's just like can we not just you know be sincere for a moment you know okay but the Muppets are so very sincere so it works so well yeah. um again and now I'm gonna get the book like confused with everything else is my problem but um in looking like at the beginning of the book even with the ghost of Christmas past I'll be like oh, I should have told Bob this. Or he has these regrets right at the beginning. And I guess that's part of the reason I like that song too, that you mm-hmm. can sense his regret like right from the beginning, that he's already starting to change. Um, and Michael Caine and like the ghost of Christmas present is so sweet. <laughs> they, they're both so jovial and they have this like cute little relationship that I like. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, just all the songs are great. And then the one that was um, the ghost of Christmas present sings this one about... Um, like, wherever you find love, it feels like Christmas. Oh, and yeah. so, um, yeah, it's just kind of this tender <laughs> thing. But, yeah, mostly the, the music of it is fun. But, yeah, it's just really sincere and sweet. So I can't remember what movie it was when I was a kid, but there was, a like, a preview on an RVHS tape for Muppet Christmas Carol. And mm-hmm. for whatever reason, like, I loved the Muppets as a kid, but for whatever reason, my parents never really, like 
every time we asked them for Muppet things, they were just like, no. <laughs> um, and so we had asked them to get Muppet Christmas Carol for what I, I don't know why. They didn't get it for us. And so we would like watch this other movie and there was a lot and there was this preview for Muppet Christmas Carol and we had the thing memorized. Like, we knew every line from that trailer, every like bit of song. And so it was just a couple of years ago, like after Andrew and I got married, he was like, oh, we have to watch this. And we watched it. And I was like, I know that part. Yeah. <laughs> the trailer. Just the little, little bits. Yep. But anyway, yeah. sorry. Moving on. Right. The little kid that's like, it's Christmas Day. This is cute little rabbit. Yeah. And he yeah. goes and gets the big old turkey and he's like struggling <laughs> to hold it up. I don't know. I guess I should say the biggest like difference in this too is that Gonzo is Charles Dickens. Yeah. And so he yeah. narrates it throughout. Yeah. Which is kind of fun. And they like when... Scrooge flies off with the ghost of Christmas past. They like attach a rope to him so they're all like <laughs> flying in the air with him. And yeah. so it's kind of fun to have it narrated in that way because I don't think any of the other ones do that. Yeah. My favorite part is at the end where Gons is like, and Tiny Tim, who did, did not, not die? die. <laughs> we say that so much. Sorry. And he like, it's <laughs> someone who's like, well, this is getting too dark for us. We're out. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, and yeah. That's the best. Speaking of <laughs> so. dark. Yeah. Do you want to talk about Scrooge? Yes. Uh, so I watched Scrooge, which is one of my favorite adaptations. It's um, great. Just because I love Bill Murray. A fun <laughs> fact that I didn't know when I started this, it was actually marketed to play off of Ghostbusters. So the tagline mm. for the film was, Bill Murray is back among the ghosts, only this time it's three against one. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like this joke. Um, so yeah, that's fun. Oh, that's <laughs> It's the same, I mean, like, all of these adaptations are, like, the same basic premise, but um, Bill Murray plays Frank Cross, who's this, like, TV executive, and they're doing a live-action Christmas Carol, and they market it as this fun, like, Disney voice, and, like, it's great, and he watches it, and he's like, what is this? This is garbage. Redo it all. And he redoes it as, like, drug addiction, and it's supposed to be, like, really greasy and edgy, and it ends up, like, they play the trailer, and it kills an old woman because she's, like, overwhelmed by it. Um... But he just has like no like one of his one of his people uh, like that's in the boardroom with him or whatever says like I don't think that's a good idea. It's it's Bobcat Goldthwait who yeah. I love <laughs> the voice of um, Pain from Hercules the animated oh. one. Yeah, he's yeah. like I don't know what you're talking about. Like it's, he's like he's on my Don't voice. tell me all the time, and I love him. Yeah, <laughs> so great together. That's great. Uh, and I love him his character. So he gets fired because he tries to say like I don't think this is a good idea. Uh, <laughs> Slipping in, not not quite the voice, but it's pretty good. Um, that was great. So he gets fired, and Bill Murray is basically just this. He's a jerk too. He gives uh, his assistant who works her butt off, like he gives her a towel instead of a bonus. Like he gives his brother a towel, and like is talked into sending a VCR because he didn't want to give. Because he's like, I, I'm giving towels and VCRs, and you get one or the other. And he tried to give his brother a towel, like just like a not a great guy. Um, so a similar thing happens, like, an old, like, kind of mentor or whatever shows up and is like, you're going to be visited by three ghosts. Uh, there's a lot more guns in this one also. Like, <laughs> when his mentor shows up, he tries to shoot, and the mentor's like, I don't care if you hit me, but leave the Bacardi. Like, yeah. the well, and that, that guy also was gross. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was super decayed. Like, I think, he, I think his jaw actually does, like, like fall off at one point. He's in this, like, gross Hawaiian shirt yeah. and, like, golf balls and stuff. It's great. Um... <laughs> 
part of the like what makes this one so fun is like it's the same basic story or whatever but the ghosts themselves Mm -hmm. so the ghost of christmas past is this like crabby old uh taxi driver but the guy who plays it is john for or not john forsyth sorry david johansson of the new york dolls so he's like (laughs) yeah uh, he's the taxi driver um that's fun uh, takes him around does the basically the similar thing of like you see his kind of like sad life his when he was a kid his dad brings home a package and he's like is it a train and it's like he's like no it's five pounds of veal for dinner like (laughs) and the ghost is like you're gonna cry the this always gets the waterworks going and bill murray does start crying and he's like what a valuable gift he like put in hard work and five pounds of veal like (laughs) missing the point kind of so this this is the different like he is not convinced of his like badness until like very close to the end like unlike some of the other ones where he's like oh i'm seeing the error of my ways he does not see the error of his ways um the second ghost is uh, Carol Kane. Um, I love her so yeah, much. She's that awful. was the worst <laughs> thing in the world. So instead of this big jovial I man, mean, it's Carol Kane who, for like like contemporary like people, the uh, unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Yeah, Kimmy Schmidt. Yeah, she's the, the landlord. Definitely, yeah, yeah, she's also in Princess Bride. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She's Max and um, so she's this fairy, but the way that she transports him is by punching him out, <laughs> and he falls, and it, like, wakes up in a different place. Hitting him in the face of the toaster. Yeah. <laughs> very, very great. I, this okay. is my first time seeing it. That whole bit was bizarre. She says a line that we say in our household all the time, uh-huh. which is, I'm so glad I wore my pretty dress. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so wonderful, like, zany. Uh, she, like, <laughs> takes him to his brother's house, and they're playing, um, what is it? Not charades. Uh, but they're, try- like, playing a game, and they can't think of the name of the, the the ship in Gilligan's Island. It's the Minnow. And Scrooge is, like, missing the point again. They're all, like, unhappy, and he's like, it's the Minnow! The Minnow! You don't get it! Like, just totally missing it again. Um, and he gets back, and, like, we are introduced to, he had this, like, woman in his life who is really wonderful, her name's Claire, and, uh, she is, like, a very, like, sensitive, good person, and he is not, and so they, like, split up, and he, like, is trying to, like, be, like, talk to her again, and he goes and sees her, she's working at this homeless shelter, and again, he's just, like, a jerk, he, like, they're like, well, the turkeys weren't delivered, and like, we need help. And and he's like, you know what you should do with all these people here? They're moochers. Like, scrape them off. Like, if you need to take care of somebody, take care of yourself. Um, which then comes up again when the the ghost of Christmas future shows up and takes him. And she basically, the future is, if she had followed his advice, she's this cold, like, there are these three, like, poor kids out standing outside of where she's eating brunch or something. And she's like, get rid of them, they're gross. Like, I hate this or whatever. Wearing two tons of makeup. Uh-huh. And it looks like yeah. 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 Um, Anyway, so he sees the future as the same thing, like he's dead and whatever uh but the ending is really great because um he runs into bobcat goldthwaite's character again who has every time that bill murray has come back to like the present now he kind of like runs into this bobcat character and doesn't see him but like knocks him into a gutter or like as they're driving off in the taxi for the first ghost the ghost takes his liquor like so he's just had it like he got fired on christmas and is just like and his wife left him because he got fired uh uh-huh yeah and so he shows up after right after they get back from like or it's actually 
right before the Ghost of Christmas Future shows up that Bill Murray's chased around by Bobcat Goldthwait with a shotgun. <laughs> and he, like, escapes into the elevator, and he still doesn't get it. He's like, oh, great, that's over, we're done. And then the Ghost of Christmas Future takes him and shows him all the stuff, and then he comes back and gets out of the elevator and hugs Bobcat, and Bobcat's like, oh my gosh, like, don't hurt me, please. And it's just this, like, he's my favorite character in all of it. Just this, like, absurd. And it's wonderful, so he goes and interrupts the live broadcast and, like, <laughs> kisses the girls and like it's, it's great it's like ad lives this whole thing uh-huh. and like <laughs> it's it's a rollicking good time my favorite part is still that mary Lauren is tiny tim in the broadcast and she does the back <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> he can walk yeah he'll flip there are so many great one-liners from that adaptation too like uh the part where the ghost of christmas future shows up and he's in the elevator and he like opens up his robe and there's like something a little muppet goons yeah like a little muppet like, goons ah! and he closes it and goes did a costume whip that up for you <laughs> we're gonna get calls <laughs> or like the ghost of christmas past is like so Bill Murray's dressed up as a dog on like a TV show and that's mm-hmm. how he gets his big break and the ghost of christmas past is in the stands and he goes it's a bone you lucky dog <laughs> we say that all the time in our household <laughs> Anyway, there's also this great like subplot. Part of why it's so good is because there's so many funny things happening around it too. Um, There's this subplot where they're like trying to show how money crazed they are, and they're like, "You know what we should do? We should make. uh, We know that lots of dogs and cats are watching TV now, so we should do programming." And so like like it's mentioned early on, and then at the end, the big big wig executive president of the channel is at home with his two Persian cats watching mice on the TV. Wonderful. They were gonna staple the antlers <laughs> to staple antlers <laughs> to the mouse. <laughs> That's one of his line, good lines at the end, too. He's like, I'm not a good person. Earlier tonight, I asked somebody to staple antlers to a mouse. Yeah. And the guy's, like, making a stapling motion. It's wonderful. Yeah. There are all kinds of really great, really great moments in there. Oh, man. But this is one, the difference where he ends up with his belle. Like, the, yeah. the like, love yeah. that he had early on, he rekindles, and they're, mm-hmm. they end up together. She, great. like, wants to see the good in him throughout, uh-huh. who I did not yeah. understand. She, like, holds on to that. He's awful, and she keeps trying to excuse his bad <laughs> behavior. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. I So I had... Scrooged is a movie that my husband's family watches every Christmas, and mm-hmm. it's like a major thing for their family, and I had never seen it before we got together, so um, I have since like watched it a few times. <coughs> Excuse me. Last year when we watched it, I had this like moment of clarity, because there's also a, a very minor character. He's like a homeless guy that oh, uh-huh. Bill Murray runs into a couple times, and at one point he finds him like frozen in a sewer, uh-huh. and he's like dead because... Bill Murray didn't help him essentially. Yeah. And um, I okay, so I grew up watching this Disney movie called Summer Magic. Did you guys ever watch that? Uh-uh. No, it. it's obscure. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry about it. But um, he, the guy who plays the the bum is in that movie, and I was just like, oh my gosh, it's him! And then I was like bawling. <laughs> he's frozen, and it's so bad. Anyway, but I think that it's in a similar place. So that happens. And he wakes up in this gross cellar place, mm-hmm. and he looks around and goes, where are we, Trump Towers? <laughs> That's, like, my favorite line in the whole film. Yeah, it's great. It's great. Where are we, Trump Towers? Yep. Yeah, so, and then I'm going to talk about, um, so, there's an adaptation that stars Patrick Stewart as Scrooge, which Hannah, or Tana briefly mentioned, and there's one that I grew up with, which is the George C. Scott version. Um, both of them are very, like, earnest, straightforward 
um, adaptations of the book. Um, there are a few differences. The Patrick Stewart one is an hour and a half long. It was a made-for-TV movie, and I think it kind of shows. Mm-hmm. Um, I love Patrick Stewart. I love him so much, so please do not misread this. But he <laughs> he acts so hard <laughs> that it was a little right. distracting. But there were really good things about it, too. Like, for instance, the part where um, he's with the Ghost of Christmas Past, and they see the part where Belle breaks up with him. Um, and he was, like, begging his previous self to like go after her and he doesn't obviously um so i thought that was very touching um there's also some stuff in there about like so the bit where the ghost of christmas present takes him to different places around the world where they're celebrating christmas i don't think is in any other adaptation i've ever seen um so that was a nice touch uh also when scrooge like the that christmas day after he sends the goose he also they have a scene where he goes to church Mm -hmm. which i thought was interesting because i was like I mean, I'm a religious person, so I appreciated it. But I was also like, all the other adaptations I've seen are mostly a-religious, mm-hmm. in which Christmas is not so much a celebration of Christ's birth as it is like a time when we give and are grateful, and like yeah. a time when we think about humanity and our fellow men, um, which I think is is, is great. Um, but yeah, I was just like, oh, that's an interesting touch. They had him like go to church, but. Yeah, I think other than that, there weren't any major differences. It's not Patrick Stewart. Also, yeah. it should be said that this is not his only overcommitted role. <laughs> uh, he also did a one-man reading of yes. like, a stage that. play that you can buy on. It's number one bestseller in Charles Dickens right now. It's a Christmas Carol that is, it's like packaged as an audiobook, but it's a Patrick Stewart solo interpretation of it. So he's very committed to this play and role. That was way, so, so What I read was he did this on Broadway and he would use a table, chair, stool, lectern, and book with an oversized print cover to reenact the entire story. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. And, I, and you can listen to the reading of it now if you want. Okay. <laughs> okay. That's, Sorry. So, okay, so that's something I'm going to have to look at. Yeah. yeah like, like, <laughs> there's, there's a history behind this for him. It's yeah. not just this one-off like overcommitment. That it's a lot great. of overcommitment. Yeah. <laughs> um, the George C. Scott one, by contrast, is I feel like a much, I feel like it's a much more faithful retelling of the story than the Patrick Stewart one, even though the Patrick Stewart one has some stuff that this George C. Scott one does not. Um, but it is genuinely like spooky at parts. Like the part where Marley shows up, instead of being like a transparent ghost, he's like a, like he's literally there, but he's all white. Um, and he yells and screams at Scrooge at a few points. He's a very scary dude. Um, <laughs> And then uh, the Ghost of Christmas feature, as I have mentioned, is, like, terrifying. There is one scene, though, that we always laugh at because the ghost is, like, trying to get him to do something. And most of the time in that version, the ghost isn't, like, right in front of him or right next to him. He's, like, in the background or, like, you know, he points, like, from a distance and tells him where he wants him to go. But there's a point where... Scrooge is in this little like alleyway and he's going and we see the ghost of Christmas feature pass by in front of us like between us and Scrooge and I'm like it looks like he's on a skateboard (laughs) they put him on a skateboard and shoved him across the screen which is a little funny but but yeah other than that it's like genuinely spooky they have the scene where um, we see Belle with her now family and like children and husband Um, yeah it's a very faithful retelling I really also like the part it, it has the bit with the family in out in the cold on christmas eve during the present part which i haven't seen in a lot of other versions mm-hmm. um and they and the oh the two kids underneath christmas presents robe are like 
they look emaciated and scary and yeah. like genuinely creepy. Um, so I really appreciated it for that. It's a little bit different in that uh, George C. Scott, who plays Scrooge, he um, the change in him is much more gradual. So like the part where he sees Belle breaking up with him, he just is like, you can tell he's touched, but he's like, I almost went after her. And that was like mm. all he says. Hmm. And, um, and yeah, and then when he's like, with the ghost of Christmas present, that ghost of Christmas present, by the way, is incredible. He like, mm-hmm. he disses out some sweet burns. <laughs> <laughs> like the part where they're, they're at Bob Cratchit's and, uh, Scrooge says, it's such, it's a very small goose. And the ghost of Christmas present leans over and goes, it's all that Bob Cratchit can afford. <laughs> <It's just> like, <laughs> and it's like, you can tell it's a clear accusation. And Scrooge is just like, he does a double take at the ghost. Like, what, what are you talking about? Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then by the end, like the the change is much more gradual, and I actually like that better because I feel like it's a more genuine transition by the end. Um, and he's not like, yeah, Patrick Stewart in the Patrick Stewart version. Also, when he wakes up, he has this moment where I'm like, oh, okay, he's lost his sanity. <laughs> he's like laughing slash like coughing, and I was like, uh-huh. is he is he the Grinch? Like his heart is growing two sizes bigger right now because it seems like he's having a heart attack. And then he just starts laughing maniacally, and I'm like, what the heck is happening? Um, so none of that in the Jersey Scott version. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, I really like that version. I feel like it's the most uh, true to the book. But yeah. Sweet. So, Christmas Carol is a very, very popular Christmas story. Um, so, we're going to talk a little bit about some of the other adaptations, parodies, <laughs> things like that. Um, did you guys have any in mind that you wanted to talk about? Along along with Muppet Christmas Carol, I seem to remember seeing the Flintstones <laughs> Christmas Carol quite a few times. <laughs> oh. Where, like, all of the citizens of, uh, is it Bedrock? Mm-hmm. Um, perform it as a play, but a lot of them catch the Bedrock bug, and so Wilma <laughs> ends up having to do, like, so many of the parts because everyone's sick <laughs> with the flu. But, and, like, Fred is Scrooge and his... I don't know. It kind of lines them up personality-wise. Yeah, interesting. Uh, there's the the one of those terrible Uncanny Valley, the Jim Carrey version oh, that was yeah. recent. Uh, oh yeah, that's another another Robert Zemeckis <laughs> mocap. That there. one, I just remember that one being obviously made for 3D. Oh, I think uh-huh. I saw it in 3D. Like, but it's yeah, 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 yeah. He's like, I, what is he on? He's like on a roof and kind of slides down uh-huh. on something, yeah. but you can feel like it was done, so you got the whole effect of it. It was, it was okay. So it's by Zemeckis, and yeah. he also did Polar Express, uh-huh. and you can tell, <laughs> you can yep. tell it's by the same person yeah. because there's yep. unnecessary action sequences that have nothing to do with plot, but is basically obviously just to show off this technology and mm. some 3D. Yeah, yeah. Um, I saw that when Andrew and I were dating. His mom. So my mother-in-law, I love her so much. She is a Christmas <laughs> nut. And I say that genuinely, like, not so okay. I love my mother-in-law. She's a Christmas nut. Um, mm. She is just, like, obsessed with Christmas. And so when Andrew and I were dating, she was so excited to take us to this new Aww. version of Christmas Carol. And so she, like, bought IMAX 3D tickets, and we went, and I was like, I don't, I didn't know at the time that she just loved Christmas so much. And I thought she had a genuine attachment to, like, this particular movie. And I saw it, and I was just like, 
Man, I don't know how to say that I didn't like it. <laughs> but she, they also bought the ticket for me, and I wasn't like married to Andrew at the time, so I was just like, I have to be nice. I have to be nice about this. But I was just like, that was such a garbage movie. But anyway, yeah, I watched. Um, a clip on YouTube, which if I remember, once we get to when we publish this, I'm going to post it. Um, it's the first adaptation known. It's from 1901, so it's a Ooh, little uh-huh. silent film. And the the British Film Institute, I think, like saved it. And they just have six minutes of it on YouTube, and the whole thing's only like eight or nine uh-huh. minutes. Um, but it's it's really funny. Mostly because uh, for some reason it doesn't have the separate ghosts. It's like only Marley that shows up through all day. And he just has like a sheet over his head. It's so good. Yeah. It's amazing. He's it, like kind of hunched over. Yeah. It, it, that was a delight. <laughs> we'll post that so people can watch it. Oh, I also have to bring up there was a Doctor Who episode that's a Christmas carol. <laughs> and it has Michael Gambon in it as Scrooge. Um, which <laughs> I don't know. Is that a good thing? I, I, I liked him. It was uh, it was obviously very Doctor Who. It was very Doctor <laughs> Who. So like the Doctor's trying to get this Scrooge character. He has control over the atmosphere, and there's a ship crashing that has the Doctor's companions on it because it's their honeymoon. <clears throat> and um, the the ship is gonna like crash, and all the people on board are gonna die unless this guy mm-hmm. like uses his control over the atmosphere to like let the ship land, mm-hmm. and he won't do it. And so the Doctor is. He, like, goes back in time into this man's childhood when he's, like, a child mm. and, like, is basically this, like, heroic figure from his childhood. And uh-huh. he's, like, I'm the ghost of Christmas past. <laughs> <laughs> or, like, he, that's what he says to him in the future. And then it makes Michael Gammon remember, like, being a child and seeing the doctor. Yeah. And then they, like, go on all these adventures every year with this girl. And mm. it's a very complicated story anyway. But he basically is the ghost of Christmas past and present and future and um mm. they try to like influence him and like shape his childhood in his <laughs> past to hmm. be a better person so that he lets the ship land and eventually he does but yeah Aww. it's it a uh, doctor who it is very <laughs> yeah that's so very <laughs> is, yeah. i can't even what i can't even explain know. <laughs> Yeah, I, it's so complicated and convoluted at one point uh i believe the doctor marries marilyn monroe <laughs> in that episode so yeah, it's... <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah. That seems that's makes no sense. Sure. No? <laughs> that sounds actually, like, fairly similar to the... Um, there was a Quantum Leap episode. Oh, really? Was, yeah, it's called, like, The Little Miracle, and it's, like, a similar... But, like he leaps into the body of the valet of like this miser and he is like all of the ghosts and kind of like <laughs> teaches to see the error of his industrial ways. <laughs> That's so great. Um, um, things I'm going to watch now that I know about their existence. <laughs> um, I started, I didn't know that Alan Menken wrote a Christmas Carol musical. Oh, And really? I started listening to some of the music and it's really good. Oh. They did a TV version of it with Kelsey Grammer and I watched what? some clips on YouTube. Oh, you know what? I think I remember oh, And yeah. like Jennifer Love Hewitt is Belle and it's fabulous. It seems really random. I, I need to track that one down. It seems harder to find, but yeah. that seems, the music from it's fun though. Yeah. Um, but they also, so there's a new movie coming out, and I wish this had come out before we it had done this episode, but um, Dan Stevens is Charles Dickens, and oh, yeah. he's writing Christmas Carol. Yeah. 
Yeah. I just saw a trailer for it the other day. It was like, that actually sounds kind of fun. <laughs> yeah. It looks oh, kooky. There, okay, sorry. Speaking of, there's another Doctor Who episode. Um, also from the reboot. Where, um, so I guess it's post Dickens writing Christmas Carol. Because he does a reading of Christmas Carol. But he, uh, he it's Christmas time and uh, the Doctor runs into Charles Dickens. And they there's like this alien race that is only like present in the gas and so like they're the gaseous beings that look like ghosts and mm-hmm. so it's very mm-hmm. reminiscent of christmas carol but anyway interesting yeah anyway i'll stop talking about dr Who. <laughs> <laughs> instead let's, you talk, you. let's talk very briefly about a uh, ghost of girlfriend's past yes <laughs> no <laughs> Well, yeah, oh, this man. is where we so get into all the like parody <laughs> and sludge of the oh Christmas Carol genre. <laughs> yeah, Ghost of Christmas of Girlfriend's Past. Um, Marvelous. Yeah, Tana and I were talking about this. We both saw it in the theater when it came out. I don't know why I saw it either because I'm not happy about it. Either. <laughs> <laughs> and it was honestly, it was garbage. It yep. was such a Correct. garbage movie. Uh, it's the just worst. Like, it, what was it? It was like him going to the past and seeing girlfriends that, that he'd, he'd seen. wronged. Yeah. So he, yeah. he basically, and it's around Christmas if I remember right. Yeah. And like he's with this girl and he's going to mess it up, but he like she's a really good girl for him, and so then he like has Is this, this Jennifer like, Gardner in it. Uh, I don't remember. Is it? <laughs> it might be. It might be. Yeah. Um, or or maybe it really or maybe uh, maybe what what's her face from Alias. What is her name? Jennifer Gardner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Correct. Yep. So on both it counts. Is her. Yes. I, was, I was thinking of somebody else, but yes, you're right. It that is, is Jennifer Gardner. Gardner. Um, and yeah, he basically like has this thing where like he goes back through all of the girls that he's treated poorly and broken up with, mm-hmm. and like they show him the error of his ways. So yeah. He can be a better boyfriend to Jennifer Gardner. And they today. show up as like ghosts of his past or uh-huh. something. And don't they also show him the future? Like if he breaks up with her. Uh, maybe. I, I definitely saw it a so. long time ago. I think so, because so, I think that there's you, a scene where his brother is like... You don't watch that like, <laughs> or, or this time. Uh, no, yeah, because... So he's, like, he gets a past girlfriend, and then it's his secretary, who's the ghost of girlfriend present. That's, mm. like, the only consistent female figure, like, that is, oh, like... Yeah. That he has in his life right now. And then the ghost, ghost of girlfriend's future... Um, takes him forward to see when he, his girl gets married to another dude and he's alone. Yeah. So yeah, it's like the same like progression. Yeah. Yeah. Don't see it. It's garbage. <laughs> I will not. <laughs> I was saying before, you know, like there's a Hallmark one with Tori Spelling called The Carol Christmas. Her name is Carol. <laughs> and that one's really stupid. If I remember right though, it's kind of like Scrooge where I think she works for a TV like, oh. network or huh. something. Um, and then there's one with Cicely Tyson to Mrs. Scrooge or something. It's also very, very bad. Yeah. (laughs) These made for TV ones. I don't know. Oh, and I guess we should briefly talk about the the Disney one, which I guess I already did. But yeah, it's like, uh, Mickey Mouse is Bob Cratchit and, uh, Scrooge is Scrooge. And then the ghost of Christmas past. Who is that? Oh, I forget. Oh, does Goofy make it's an Goofy. appearance? It's Goofy. Yeah, it's okay. Goofy. Yeah, and then the ghost of no, Goofy's Marley. Yeah, that's what Marley. it is. Um, I can't remember who the ghost of Christmas Past is right now. Ghost of Christmas Present is the giant from the Jack and the Beanstalk. Um, oh, uh huh. And then the ghost of Christmas Future is Pete. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and he's like scary. I remember like he's a little scary. Also watching. That I mean, by kids' standards, by, <laughs> by kids' standards, it's a little scary. As an adult, it's just kind of funny. 
Um, oh, it's yeah. Jiminy Cricket. Who's Jiminy Cricket? That's oh, the one. It is. Okay, yeah. that's kind of cute. It was cute, and <laughs> honestly, like it. I watched that, and I'm like, oh, my childhood. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, cool. Any other version, like parodies versions, we want to talk about? I was trying to find one for Phineas and Ferb. But <laughs> <laughs> the problem Phineas is Phineas and Ferb, Ferb mostly it. takes place in summertime, and there are a couple of Christmas episodes, but I think only like two, mm. maybe three. Two. It's two. <laughs> there are lots so. of like references to it in like The Simpsons and stuff too. Oh, yeah. I don't think ever like a. I mean, like I think the guy's name is C. Ebenezer Burns because he's like a Scrooge <laughs> character. Like that's yeah. his full name, Mr. Burns. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And there's um, the one where he chooses Bart as his heir that he's going to like take on and bequeath all his wealth yeah. to, and he like wakes up realizing he might die, and he opens the window and Bart's walking by, and he's like, "You there, boy? What day is it?" And Bart's yeah. like, "It's Christmas, sir." It's like just like a little yeah. reference. That they have lots of little cute. references, but yeah, I don't think they have one episode. That's no, like, not that I. Have. I think they had a comic that that was like, oh yeah, uh, like Ebenezer. Burns or whatever, oh. Burns and Easier Scrooge or something, but not a not a film. Like um, okay, so my husband is a huge Simpsons fan. Like you can see on mm-hmm. our bookshelf, we've got all of the seasons. On <laughs> um, but yeah, so we he plays Tapped Out, the game, the Simpsons game. Oh, uh-huh. and um, and I played for a little while before realizing that I was just like, this is sucking up too much of my life. <laughs> um, but around Christmas time, so there are different, like, on holidays and things, there are skins that you can have for different characters, and one of them for um, Burns is an Ebenezer, like, ah! full-on <laughs> Ebenezer Scrooge, so like, with fun. the top hat and the coat. <laughs> yeah, it's great. I love that. <clears throat> but yeah, sweet. Well, I'm I think... just going to pitch, too, yeah. because I think I told you guys, but I didn't say on here, Audible has a version of Christmas Carol <laughs> with Tim Curry reading it. <laughs> yeah, that's a yes. thing you need to experience. <laughs> Also, so maybe mm. group watch and live tweet of the Klingon Christmas. Oh, yes, that might be. A we learned yeah. that there's a Klingon Christmas here. If we can find that, we're doing that. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yes, yes. I will make time in December <laughs> for that. Yes, we'll, for sure. that was done fairly recent. We should be able to find that. Yeah, yeah. Early two thousands. Yeah. We're gonna make it happen, guys. <laughs> It might be like the, like the so Star Wars good. Christmas special where all copies have been destroyed unless you like recorded it on your old VHS. Oh my gosh, can we live tweet that? Too? <laughs> oh my gosh, Star, Star Wars. Oh my gosh, I okay. I've never seen it. And I, I want to. I had a friend who actually had like a VHS recording that his parents what? made of the show. Yes. Oh, I was in college and I was the only person who had a VCR at college and like you know the in like 2006 2010 region. Anyway. But yeah, so I have watched a significant portion of that. And then it was midnight, and I'm, because I went to BYU, everybody was like, oh, it's midnight, we all have to go now. <laughs> Scattered. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, okay. I didn't get all the way through. I have disappointing news that I think the Cleveland Christmas Carol was a stage play. Oh! Because <laughs> what I'm finding is like little clips of it and not a full thing. <laughs> I wonder if it's one of those things that you could like piece together all the clips to Yeah, oh, we will find a way. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. It's so the great. first play to have been performed entirely in Klingon. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so do we need to know Do we need to know Klingon? <laughs> you can probably follow the story pretty easily without probably. knowing Klingon. I feel like just watching it without knowing Klingon is probably that's so more entertaining. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh! Oh, I need this. <laughs> okay. Sweet. Well, on that note, no, no, no. <laughs> um, so let's let's wrap up with recommendations. Um, obviously, I, I personally recommend the book. It's classic for me. What do you guys think? Yeah, yeah. I 
I think I've said before that I'm not like super Dickens fan, but mm-hmm. I like just it's a credit to how talented he is, how much of it I could quote mm-hmm. when listening to it. Yeah. yeah. Because they they use like direct lines from the story mm-hmm. in all these adaptations because yeah. they're so good. So yeah. Or so sure. terrible in the case of Scrooge saying anything, but uh, <laughs> like they're so iconic. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I definitely recommend the book. Now, yeah, as far as Muppets. adaptations, <laughs> yeah, Muppets. Shannon's gonna recommend the Muppet adaptation. What about you, Tiana? Uh, Scrooge. That's why I picked yep. it. That makes sense. Watch, that makes sense. It's my also, it's kind of representative of who I am as a person, so <laughs> it's fine. Yeah, I'd say and, Muppets for me too. Yeah, <laughs> that might say a lot about us. <laughs> yeah, I, I personally recommend the George C. Scott version. So, and I don't know what that says about my personality. <laughs> Traditional, maybe. I don't feel like that's quite right. No. <laughs> but yeah. All good versions. Yeah. Yes. All all deserving recommendations. <laughs> anyway. But yeah, that's it for us. We hope you guys have a very happy holiday. Um, we are going to be... So we have pre-recorded episodes from now until the end of January because Shannon is going to be doing a lot of stuff with the Sundance Film Festival. Um, okay. We're going to be gearing up for... Uh, we're going to have a few Oscar episodes, I believe. Oh, after we yeah. Come back. But uh, don't worry because we will have episodes for you. We're going to be covering Harry Potter all through the month of January. <laughs> Enjoy Get ready that. for a wild ride there. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'd like to apologize in advance for all the plot summary. <laughs> but if you haven't read Harry Potter in a while, you're going to know it's so well. at least that's what we hope anyway um but yeah so make sure to follow us on facebook pop culture footnotes or you can follow us on twitter at pc footnotes um you can also find us on itunes that is uh if you're listening on itunes please be sure to rate review subscribe um if you have suggestions Mm. for things that you want to hear about on the show we are taking them please email us (laughs) at popculturefootnotes at gmail.com thanks again to DJ PJ for our theme song Um, and that is it for us have a happy holiday guys bye